Good morning. This is Heather Fay, and this is my morning monologue, One Woman's Health Journey. It is a bit windy out today, so hopefully that does not totally disrupt uh, the beautiful sound of my voice, which incidentally I don't like the sound of. As I've gone into podcasting and heard my voice played back to me, I just, ah, I still haven't gotten to liking it. I don't really notice it when I'm talking. When I hear it played back, I just go, is this what other people hear? This is the voice they hear? That is not a nice, I don't know. I don't like it, but maybe that's most of us when we finally hear our own voices played back to us. Ah, okay. So, yesterday... The day from hell. Talked a bit about it last night. Uh, you know, um, she's doing fine. Doing totally fine. I checked on her before I came out. She's sleeping beautifully and peacefully and lovely. Uh, and the husband's going to keep an eye on her while I'm out here walking. Because he's uh, often an early riser as well, like me. Anyway, so I'm back on track here, and I guess yesterday I did I did mention that I had eaten a little bit of a dessert with weed in it uh, after dinner. Well, after I posted up the episode, I just went crazy. I had bread and fruit roll-ups. Look, that was yesterday, okay? Yesterday's over. Now look, I didn't make it through five consecutive days of no wheat. I did four consecutive days... And that, you know, I mean, I'm just using yesterday as an overall excuse. It was stressful, but it's over. The future is ahead. So my next goal right now is to go five days, five entire days in a row with no wheat starting today. So that's the newest goal. I did also actually have a caffeinated coffee yesterday um, because after being up all night and ambulances and emergency rooms and excuse me you know what I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say use the Lord's name in vain because some people don't like that they find it offensive I will beep that out anyway it was just nuts and stressful I was very tired and I had to drive well here's because here's part of what happened so there is an emergency room actually kind of near us so we took her there. I mean, we didn't take her there. The ambulance did. I rode in the ambulance with her. And, you know, they took her blood and they took her vitals. And by this time, she had been through the worst of it and was just like, let me sleep and leave me alone. And I hate this. Um, which I felt bad, but I want to make sure she was okay. So they took blood tests, which were fine. But then... They wanted to take a CAT scan of her head. And, I, I mean, she has autism, and I know my daughter, and the nurses all there also recognized immediately, and one of them even said to the doctor, well, how are... That's not going to happen, <laughs> right? She's not going to sit, lie still for CAT scan. Um, also, CAT scan, if that's the same thing as an MRI, which I have had, you got to lay there for like 20 minutes, solid, so... There's no way in heck she was going to do that. Like, if they really need that, unfortunately, she would have to be sedated. So they were saying, well, we don't 
we can't do that here. We're not prepared for that. So they sent us via ambulance all the way to Buffalo, which is quite a drive from where we are. And at Buffalo, okay, they did nothing. Now, I have a very high opinion of this hospital we went to. We've never been to their emergency room. They just happen to have a different standard procedure on a first-time seizure than the initial emergency room that we went to, and they don't do CAT scans. So we quite literally sat in this emergency room out there for a couple of hours, and Charlie had the most awful time with it. Oh, man, and I couldn't get her to fall asleep no matter what I did because I knew that's what she needed, but she was not budging. So we did see the neurology department. Long story short, they were like, okay, uh, well, we'll just come back in a month. So we have an appointment. We're going to come back and see them in a month and do the stuff we need to do at that point in time, uh, which will be hopefully go smoothly. And I actually did have a point to telling you all of that it had to do with driving. Oh, it was my long justification for drinking caffeinated coffee, which is that on the way back, I had to drive back on a long drive after essentially not having slept all night because I was also up in the earlier part of the night with her because she had woken up at midnight, right? And I fell back asleep around two or three, and then she was hanging out with my husband because we tend to tag team it when uh, she's up in the middle of the night because it happens so often. And when she was with him is when she had the seizure. So I was up most of the night. He was up most of the night. He actually drove up uh, with a friend in tow, dropped off the van, and then came back because we weren't sure how long we were going to be out there. And of course, we had sent he had sent uh, my other little girl off to school as usual um, after you know we left in the morning in the ambulance. So, um, had to drive a long drive and I just knew I needed something to keep me awake for that. So I don't feel too badly about the caffeine. I don't feel too badly about anything yesterday. Oh my God. Okay. I want to stop talking about this because you know what? Like I said, we are not traumatized in this household. We are moving forward into the future because we know what we're dealing with now and we're going to be fine. Okie dokie. That is my dietary update of the day. And I, uh, uh, let's see, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. I guess this also ties into a couple of doctor experiences that I or a child has had lately. And I'll use yesterday as an example because we're coming in the, so when we finally did see the neurologist in the ER, basically he said, so once a person has a seizure, right, a neurotypical person, there's a 50-50 chance uh, that they'll have another seizure or more seizures, 50-50 that that's just a one-time deal. Apparently I looked this up and according to the Google search results, did I pay attention to where Google pulled the results from? No, I did not. But Google told me that one in 20 people will have a seizure just one time in their life. 
And I know that because I've had a single seizure as well. It's just a couple of years ago, really. Um, anyways, we won't get into that story. It wasn't like super long or I didn't pass out or anything during it. It's just like, what is happening? This has never happened. And then it was over and it never happened again. So, um, that'll happen now. But when you have somebody with autism or, uh, uh, other special needs of that nature, he said the chances then become 70, 30, 70% they will have, uh, more seizures, 30% they won't. Of course, the positive part of me goes, good, 30%. That's the one we're in. This isn't happening again. Great. And I really hope that that is the case. He then went on to say that they don't typically want to medicate a neurotypical person right away. Right? They want to wait and see. But with, again, special needs... They want to medicate right away. They wanted to immediately put her on a medication. Now, I have touched on this a bit, I think, in an earlier monologue, but I am not a super huge fan of immediately medicating anybody for any reason, unless it is in that direct moment to literally save that person's life. Right? Or I'm not even opposed to anti seizure medication. You know, if that's, if someone's going to have such a horrendous seizure that it takes their life from them and they need that medication to stay alive. Yes, absolutely. That's what you got to do. Right. But I don't know that we're at that point with my daughter. You know, I kind of want to wait and see what happens. So we got the kind, I just kind of came, I said, you know what? I, after being up all night, super stressful situation, we're sitting in an emergency room. She is in a meltdown and just wants to go home. I need to get sleep. She needs to get sleep. I cannot make that decision while we're sitting here right now. So I had been told about a kind of medication that you could give them in the moment if they're, as they're having the seizure. So he prescribed that one and he said, don't, you know, don't use it unless the seizure goes longer than three minutes. So that's what we kind of decided upon. Now I'm going to look very deeply into any recommended medication and really consider, is that the better way to go or not, you know? And I just, I have some pretty strong opinions on this topic. I think we medicate too quickly. I think no matter what you go to your doctor for instantaneously, they're just going to tell you, this is the medication we prescribed for that. Right. And they're going to prescribe it. And medicine today really seems to be about treating after the fact, right? We treat after the fact. A lot of stuff we don't even have a workable treatment for. We don't have a cure for. Well, gust of wind, sorry. You know, I feel like, can we pay, let's figure out prevention. And one of the things I've really come to believe in my research is that uh, diet. Diet plays a huge part in prevention. That's very realistic to me. That's one of the reasons that I've been so mad at myself for being so unhealthy with my diet for so long is because I know that by doing that, I'm opening myself up to some of these diseases that we deal with a lot in America, you know, that a lot of people get 
it's one of the reasons I want to get myself healthy so I don't have to go down any of those roads in the future. So anyways, that's my soapbox on that topic. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, let's try to prevent, let's try to get healthy so we don't need to go on a medication later. And then maybe let's consider other options because there can't, there can't, there has to be other options, right? Other than just, I mean, I'll give you a great example, small example. You go to the doctor, you're constipated, right? They'll be like, here's a stool softener. That's not so bad. I mean, it's not like stool softener is a freaking mind-bending drug. It's not, just softens your stool. Fine. But that's the instantaneous thing that they will do. How about increasing the fiber in your diet first? Eat a couple salads every day. You know, when I was constipated, um, I never went to a doctor for it. I, I had like frequent bouts of constipation. But then when I learned about veganism, I realized, okay, well, whatever else I'm doing, I need to add vegetables to my daily diet, because I'll be honest, I did not eat vegetables before that point in time. It opened my eyes to how valuable the nutrients are in vegetables, and that I needed to start including that in my daily diet. And so once I started doing that and eating vegetables every single day, I stopped having constipation ever, right? So I'm like, well, why don't they just tell people to eat salad? Eat salad. What, you know what I mean? Like, rid yourself of constipation. It's a small example, but and of course, there are much more dire problems than constipation that aren't necessarily going to be solved by eating a salad. I'm just saying, as an example, can we go in that direction once in a while? rather than just immediately offering a medication. And if you want to deep dive into this, you can look at the connection of the medical field and how pharmaceuticals have really taken this field over over the years. It's an interesting and sometimes terrifying history to research. Anyways, enough about that. Let's talk about something else. Cancel culture, that's a happy topic. But I actually just have kind of a cute little story about it going through my Google feed. Uh, this morning, because I do, what's what's in the news, and suddenly it's like Anna Kendrick apologizes for the Cups song, and I was like, oh my god, no, not the Cups song, not Anna Kendrick, what is going on? I'm a fan, I'm an Anna Kendrick fan, I will love the Pitch Perfect movies, all three of them, all three of them, till the day I die, I've watched them so many times. Anyhow, I read the article, it was just kind of cute and funny, somebody had tweeted I was that they were a camp counselor at the time when that song came out and joked that it was so bad that they had to ban empty cups from the camp and Anna just responded I am so so sorry it was just a cute funny story and I was like oh thank god that wasn't an actual cancel culture stupid thing you know what and I'll say this about cancel culture Nobody likes it. Like, literally nobody I've ever met is for cancel culture. And I know plenty of liberals, and I know plenty of conservatives, okay? Nobody likes it. Nobody? Nobody. So, stop. And I don't know, these people that do these hashtags, like, cancel this person, fire this person, you are a bully. When you do that, you are being a bully. And I thought we were trying to be anti-bullying in this country. I guess not. Okay, now I'm really done with that soapbox.
Uh, what else here? I probably am not going to do an entire half an hour of a walk, if I'm being honest. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. I'll think about it as I go along, just because I get... Uh, I mean, I did leave my husband in there. He went up and checked on Charlie as I was leaving. I had just checked on her. She's probably going to be okay. He's, we're going to set up a camera thing here in the next couple of days so we can just... Oh, happy uh, little discovery, by the way. So I uh, called my friend yesterday. I was filling her in on what happened with uh, Charlie. And she was like, hey, I can probably get you a seizure mat. And I didn't know this, but... Um, that this even existed. It's like a mat that you put down and you you sleep on top of the mat. I'm guessing it probably goes under your sheets or something and is probably not an uncomfortable thing to sleep on. I don't know the instructions on how to use it just yet. But at any rate, you sleep on top of that and it can detect when your a seizure is occurring and alert uh, like a caretaker. I was like, that is fantastic to know about. So... Hopefully she can get one. If not, I was looking up the prices online. Not in our budget. It's like a $1,000 piece of equipment. But I've been trying to research maybe some alternatives to that that are more within our budget. Because I really like that idea a lot. To be able to just get a little alert when it's happening. We can rush in there because it was a bit rough last night. Because I kept waking up and go in and check on her. And she was fine. She was fine all night. But it was just like... You know, it reminded me of when she was first born. My firstborn child. And I think I've talked about this before. Maybe not. Maybe I've thought it, but not said it. You can really go down a rabbit hole in your first pregnancy. Researching about pregnancy. You want to find out what to expect. And how everything's going to go. And what you should eat. And how you should take care of yourself. And it's all exciting. And it doesn't matter where you go. Every single one of them is like, of course, all of these dire, horrible things could also happen during your pregnancy. And I'm like, I don't want to know about all the... So I, you eventually have to abandon the research because you just feel like you and your baby are both going to die very soon. So, but so because of all of that, when we first brought her home from the hospital, I swear every half an hour... Every half an hour, I'd be like, is she still breathing? Yes. Good. Okay. Good. Still breathing. Wake up every hour of the night. Still breathing? Oh, okay. Still breathing. Like, man, you should not be that worried when you first have a baby. I mean, there's naturally going to be some anxiety connected with it for first-time parents. I think that's just natural. But I think you read that, like, what to expect while you're expecting and all that stuff, and you're going to come out of that being like... At any minute she could die, we just have to 24 hours a day just have eyes on her. And you don't. You don't have to do that. She will be fine. But I understand if you do that because I did that as well. Uh, but yeah, that's what it kind of just reminded me of going and checking. I was like, when she was a baby, like, keep going in. Is she still breathing good? Yes, good. Uh, okay. I'm going to check the time here. Because... You know, if I get back soon enough, yeah, okay, 20 minutes, I'll, I'll cut myself off on that. It's effing cold out today. Windy, snowy, blah, but this way I might be able to actually 
post up this episode before everybody wakes up. And that would be nice and happy because tonight and tomorrow night, recording for my other podcast. Well, tonight, recording for the podcast proper, but tomorrow night, we're going to be up live on stereo and we're going to, we'll take that recording. Our topic is uh, parenthood. That's the topic for tomorrow. So that should be interesting. We're just going to take a light hearted look at it. We're not going to get too serious. We never really do on, on the other one. Uh, if you're interested, uh, I will try to remember to put my stereo link. We're up 10:15 Eastern time is when we're planning to go up Sunday. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got. I hope you are doing well and having a successful health journey. I will talk to you tomorrow.